why don't you start? Why don't you start by saying you showed up and then you left to go do your thing, and I'll I'll fill in what you missed. <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello, and welcome to the RC Roundtable. I'm Fitzwalker, and joining me is the happy Lee Ray. Hello, Fitzwalker. <laughs> yes. And... Uh, some guy named Terry, I think. Some dude. Some dude. He's, he yeah. looks like a man. Right? Hey. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's get this show on the road. We had some interesting things happen this week. Uh, Hot Off the Press is, a, we, this is unconfirmed, uh, but apparently uh, there's some, been some issues with GWS, and some are claiming now that GWS is no longer in business or it gives all the appearance of not being in business. And I, I'm saying unconfirmed because right now I think I've only seen one or two people have reported this. You guys have any other uh, sources on this? Well, we got a we got a tip on our on our Facebook page. Yeah, it was who who was it? Uh, Nicholas? Yes. Yeah. So Nicholas gave us a tip, and I, it it got me thinking because we we have not had any discussion about this until we saw that note. I was like, well. I'm trying to think. When's the last time I bought a GWS kit? And I'm gonna guess it was the uh, C47 that I built. Mm. Uh, that you guys probably saw it best. Uh, but that, that was eight, nine years ago. But I think even that was used. So I mean, but here, here's what I really like. I, just for fun, before we started this, I, I typed in GWS and I found the U.S. website for GWS. And the last update they have is April of 2010. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I know it may not just be like uh, it just stopped doing business. They they might have just been in a uh, a holding pattern for some time. Yeah, I guess the question is, you know, why did they go to business? Is not it is more like you know, how are they still in business for this long? <laughs> uh, well, the props remain popular, I think. So I don't know if that's enough to sustain them, but I don't know. It's such a tragic thing because you, you think back 10, 15 years ago, they were on top of the world in the hobby business. You couldn't yeah. turn your head without seeing a GWS plane somewhere flying around. Yeah. yeah. Well, the slow, I still have five slow sticks here in my workshop. Yeah, the slow sticks were fantastic, and they're still beloved by everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love mine. Slow sticks? I do. Well, I also acquired my uh, my friend Chuck's slow sticks. So ah. I, I had four, and, and each one is built differently, so that's what's, what's really <laughs> cool about them. I also have one of their Formosas. For a, I've had it for a long time. Oh, a, yeah, the Formosas are popular. Yeah, it's a fantastic flying plane. And uh, I've gone through, I have, I've had two of their A-10s. I had the first one, which kind of had, the motors weren't all that great, but when I put brushes in it, it flew great until I did a figure nine into the ground with it. And I actually have another, just the airframe, that I picked up at them swap meter or something somewhere that I haven't built. So maybe I could keep it and then sell it for an insane amount of money on eBay after a couple of years. Yeah, it'll be worth thousands now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of their Zeros was my first airplane that had retracts. Oh wow! Oh, fancy. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, they had the actually they had these nice little mechanical retracts you can get. They're really yeah. small, lightweight. Probably the smallest mechanical I've ever seen. Yeah, they worked fine. You'd hook them up to like uh, HS fifty five or something like that. Mm. Bang bang, they work. 
Well, I'll tell you, the props have been an issue for me because I really like the 8.6 EP props that I've used for my Thunder and Lightnings. And I I picked up several many, many years ago, and, and I'm going to knock on some wood here in my import shop. Uh, I've been lucky not to actually break any, so I'm I'm still doing well. But I, those are the ones that fit great with the 400 size motors on my Thunder and Lightning. So I've I've never bought anything else. So I'm going to be uh, I need to find out where I'm going to be getting some stock on 8.6. Yeah, I wonder what happened to them. They, they they seem to just sort of fade out for no particular reason. Not like they had dud designs that came out. They just kind of stopped producing stuff as far as planes and kits. Uh, it's funny, as you guys talked about this, I went to the website where I used to buy my GWS props called gwsprops.com, and they have a message similar to the one that Nicholas shared that says uh, they're unable to get a hold of GWS and they don't respond, and it sounds like they're out of business. Wow, they just disappeared. Yeah, there's no date on this message, but mm. there it is. Yeah, you think they have an announcement or something. I'm <laughs> just just for fun, guys. It's like we're really late to the game. There's probably been like six, seven other podcasts where people talk about GWS out of business eight years ago. <laughs> and, and and sadly, that's just the the thing. I, I I will say I'm happy in that my slow sticks have done real well. I've not had to buy replacement parts, and typically the part I will replace on my slow stick has been the tail, and I'll upgrade it to five millimeter foam, uh, sheet foam. <laughs> For my tail services, but my wings are usually always intact. Uh, the aluminum <laughs> fuselage is is always in good shape. Huh. And uh, oh, I also have something else here. I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, if we're gonna just you know, I guess praise GWS because they've been in business and got a lot of people started in flying. I have in my workshop one of those. Uh, gosh, I'm sorry, guys. This is gonna kill me. I'm just looking at the wing, but it's a it's a flat wing that's built up uh, that was that's made on a uh, slow stick frame, but it's kind of like a 3D. Type. Oh, is that the Millennium RC thing? Uh, give me a second while I make a lot of noise and probably drop stuff in my workshop, but I'm dragging the wing over here. There is nothing on it, but it's ribbed with like one, two, three, four, four rib panels on each side. It's a really clipped, short clipped wing, but it's very uh, acrobatic, but it's based on the slow stick airframe. Um, is it gosh. foam? No, no, balsa. It's... Okay. Um, Millennium RC used to make some balsa. Um, Slow stick derivatives. I wonder if it's one of those. I got this at the uh, best several years ago. It's a night flyer. Okay. And uh, anyway, so but that's been that's kind of neat, you know that that really uh, kind of changed slow sticks around. They came up with an alternate, you know, more acrobatic. Of course, I say acrobatic version. Do y'all remember when Gary Wright came to best with his yellow slow stick? Yeah, the one with extreme dihedral. It was like 600-watt system on board. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was like a flying V. <laughs> climbed like a space shuttle and rolled like a... I don't think... Give me something that rolls fast. Like a drill bit. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you know, again, kudos to GWS. And boy, their slow stick will go down in history, won't it? Yeah. Yeah, I bet there's still a bunch of them laying around out there. They'll be around for a while. Yeah. So to see that. Um, I, I think I told you a story about how I came across the GWS CEO once, didn't I? I think a story. That sounds familiar, but yeah, it was a... lay it down again. Okay, well, this was back when they had the big flying in, in California over in San Diego called uh, Midwest Midwinter Electrics, right? which was such a fantastic event. Uh, too bad they don't do that anymore. And, uh, and I see this, this rather uh, kind of older... Uh, Chinese gentleman hanging around, talking to people, doing stuff. 
And what really caught my eye was because this older gentleman had this arm charm around him that was probably a third his age, female. <laughs> and very attractive. Slarm, <laughs> buddy. Charm. Arm okay, charm. See, I was thinking bracelet, but now I got you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and somebody pointed out to me that that was the CEO of GWS. And, uh, and this was back far back enough that GWS was, was a big player. So I was like, oh, holy, holy smeg, uh, you know, GWS CEO is hanging around. That's pretty interesting. Uh, I didn't get really get to talk to him personally, but I did kind of observe him and stuff. He seemed like a pretty friendly guy, actually. Uh, so it's, uh, that was my brush with, uh, the famous in the hobby world for a couple seconds. Okay, I gotta, I gotta interject because it's so funny that I, I do this to myself. But I actually was doing some more searches on GWS, and I came across an RC Groups thread that's actually titled "Is GWS Going Out of Business?" dated April twelfth, twenty twelve. And I guess we haven't really thought of it going out of business because we keep seeing the models. You know, they're they're still out there. I mean, I, you know, I sold my C forty seven about two years ago at a swap meet, and the guy was thrilled to have it. So, you know, they're still out there. I mean. But you're right. It's they're probably just not building new stuff. Uh, it's kind of like that actor that everybody keeps thinking was dead until he finally died. <laughs> Do you remember the guy? Abe, he played yeah, fish Gavota. on Barney Miller. Abe, Abe Gavota. Yeah, Abe Gavota. Everybody kept thinking, isn't he dead? He's like, no, I'm still alive. <laughs> isn't he dead? You know? When he finally dies, or people are like, finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, so they're just—they're not quite dead yet. <laughs> almost dead, but not quite. I'm feeling much better. I think I might pull through. <laughs> well, and you know, I think at uh, at Georgetown, I still saw you know GWS kits and new in box. So I, I, it's kind of it's kind of dead, but not quite. Not quite. Well, here's the hoping that they're not quite dead yet, and they can pull through. And actually, come up with some new designs. Um, is it still worth hoping for that? Oh uh, well, well, I can always hope. Hey, well, keep, come way. on, Terry, keep the keep the hobby going. If anything, I at least hope they are able to offload the prop making aspect to somebody else because I, I love those props. Yeah. Oh, uh, one last thing. Their little gear gearbox drives, little brush motor gear drives. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah have... I think I think I have one somewhere hidden in my workshop. Oh, well, give it to me because I use two of them in my submarine. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they make the perfect little drives for this, my submarine. I... And now you know. And now you know. Well, you know, I bag on GWS a lot as a good example of a bad example of scale airplanes, just because you know, the hobby has gotten so much better about it. But I have to give them credit. They were very innovative, and they they introduced a lot of new things to a lot of people yeah. for RC. So so I'm sorry to see them go, if that is the, the case here. <laughs> you, you mean keep still going? <laughs> Well, whatever, yeah. well, we don't know. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> the indications are bad, but yeah. Okay, well, let's go on to some better news. Out with the old, in with the new, I guess you can say. And so E-Flight has announced a little hot rod called the V900. This is a, uh, advertised as a really high-speed little bugger. It's got a 35-inch wingspan, meant for 3 and 4 S power, and they're claiming 120 miles per hour or more on 4 S. Uh, no retracts. This is hand launch goodness. Just uh, chuck and yank and bank the sucker. You guys see the video of it flying? I did. It's a, it's a quick little sucker. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful bugger. Kind of reminds and... me of the uh, high-speed Mustangs. 
Oh yeah, it just kind of have this shape, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, actually, Although, guys, y'all hadn't. I can't believe y'all hadn't mentioned it yet. It looks just like the high tech zipper. Oh, I does have it? one. Mm-hmm. Oh. Just bigger. Just a bigger zipper. Hmm. It's, a, it's, an extra, <laughs> it's an extra so large many zipper. Jokes. <laughs> big and it's a big and tall zipper. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna compare zipper sizes, are we? <laughs> no, seriously. Look, compared to the high tech zipper, it's very similar. All right, so now you're forcing me to look. This yeah, time. I have no yes. idea what a high tech zipper looks yes, like. I, I like my zipper. I, I won it from Best about three years ago. Yeah. In the raffle, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, they were practically giving those things away for a while. You could get them, I forget what it was, maybe 25 bucks. The airframe servos and all that. Huh. By George, you're right. It does look a lot like a zipper. Uh, tail's a bit different. Uh, at least the vertical is. But. Yeah, yeah there's, there's more rudder on that, on this uh, yeah. V900. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I again, I like the zipper, so if this is something you. I, I have probably gone past the uh, the comfortable uh, age of handling a 120 plus mile an hour aircraft. <laughs> I'm I'm settling down. Oh, well, so. is it that you can't, or that it's not fun anymore? It's just it's difficult. I don't feel in control of a plane going that fast. They that evader pushed me to my limits. So, yeah. uh, but that that said, the zipper actually, as fast as it looks, it's got a decent speed to it. I think it's only a two cell. I think I could maybe maybe I push a three cell on there. I can't remember. But uh, I I do enjoy that plane. It's a lot of fun to just, but it's it stays close to me because it is so small and, and it's a it's a little bit uh, easier to control in a smaller area. But I think with a 120, you're not just doing tight low ovals in a hundred yard you know radius. Mm. Right. Did you see the uh, hand grips for it underneath the wing? The V900. Yeah, the V900. Excuse me. Mm, no, There's I some pictures. Uh, when I first saw that, it's like. For a high-speed plane, the hand grips look a little draggy, aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> it does look a little draggy, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, it, it, here's the creative part. If you got cool with that, you have it so that a grip would actually like collapse inside, and then when you let go, it expands back out, so it stays in the airstream. Ooh, that would have been cool. Oh, jeez. Terry, but look, you know, area roll, bottle fuselage. Terry, shall I complain about the small wing screws? <laughs> <laughs> you remind me of uh, years ago. I saw on an old uh, glow ducted fan jet. It had blow through doors, blow uh, blowing doors. What do you call those things? Uh, oh, just the auto opening inlets. Yeah, auto opening inlets. I thought was really yeah. Well, that's a scale feature on some planes. Yeah, I think there's a modern EDF that has that, isn't there? Oh. Who is it? Somebody has that. Anyway, it's not important. But... All right, so what are you getting for 179? You're getting the plane, motor, speed controller, metal geared digital servos, and of course your favorite, AS3X. It's bite and fly. Well, I can see where that's a huge benefit on a plane like this. Yeah, yeah. The, if you saw the video, the thing is rock solid. The thing is just yeah. just on rails, on, the, on right. all attitudes. So, yeah, I can and see the, plane of flight. Well, one thing I noticed is that usually planes like this are one-trick ponies, that it goes fast and that's cool, but that's all it does. Um, on 3S, they were sport flying it, and it looked like a, a nice handling sport plane, too. Yeah, it actually slows down really well. They were kind of putt-putting around in, in one section of the video. So that's pretty impressive. So you don't have to fly it at balls of the wall. You can kind of just 
nice four-channel sport flying plane. So, yeah, and it looked like the hand launch was easy to do by the pilot. Yeah, I think in the video he did, actually did kind of a clumsy hand launch, and it just took off, no problems. Well, I'd like to add, uh, going back to our three view on the P51s. I like flying the P51 on a 3S2200. I actually just picked up a couple more 2200s because I've got several other planes that use that, and I like I like that they're still using that size battery. I'm, I've noticed some planes pushing up to 2650 or 3000, so that's kind of nice. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Terry would buy this and put a 5S in it, right? No, come on, I'm not the power hog. That's Fitz. Success, <laughs> baby. Yeah. 6S <laughs> 500 milliamp hour. But on one video I saw, they do talk about having some headroom on the speed control for people who want to go above 4S. Yeah, it's a 60. I don't know if you need a prop change at that point, but. Yeah, it's a 60 amp speed controller. I noticed that too, and that's pretty meaty. So that's, uh, so yeah, it looks like you have some room to experiment. Hefty, hefty, hefty. What's yeah. the prop What's the prop size on that right now? I have no idea. Did you mention it? Uh, I'm looking at parts. Because what is it? What is it? A ten five on the P fifty one guys, and then you ten push, seven. I think. 10, okay, and then would you would you push it to a nine six with a four S? Either eight eight or nine six. Okay. I like the nine six better. Gotcha. Okay, so just make sure if you're going four cell, it's probably stocked for a three. So you're probably going to want to prop it a little smaller for speed. Oh sure. Oh. Get get a square prop. Yeah. For it. Cool. Huh. Well, I'll just say I, I, I didn't see the video, but um, I like the zipper, so maybe that's uh, something similar. Yeah. All right. So late June is when we're looking at those. There you go. Hopefully we'll see some oh. at uh, best. Okay, well, they say, uh, you know, better living through technology except when it doesn't work. Or at least I said that. <laughs> uh, so we had this great interview planned. Uh, we talked about the slow ride uh, a couple of episodes ago, and we actually received an uh, email from the designer Gary Wright about the slow ride. And we thought, hey, it'd be great to have him on the show to uh, give a quick uh, talk about his design and the slow ride. And so we set up and had a offline interview with him, and it we had a. A technical problem, and we lost the interview. <laughs> it's, called, it's called Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> he fitzed it up. Sure, throw me under the bus. Well, it's hey, kind of, I, w I can only say that because I've done it myself. Yeah, it's kind of like the autopilot for Tesla, right? It works 99% of the time, and then at one time, <laughs> you get used to it, and then suddenly it doesn't work, and all, it all goes yeah. to hell. The one time you want to take a nap. Yeah. I was so, saying, we, I remember one time we had a conversation with Terry and his mic was muted the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what we decided to do is just kind of go through and paraphrase and try to remember what he told us. And uh, fortunately, he, he gave me a uh, dissertation by email about how some of his design philosophies and context. So I think we can fill in a gasp about what we actually talked to him about and what he wrote us about. And uh, it was a really neat conversation. I felt really bad that we lost it, but uh, that we will make sure that it will not happen again, Admiral Diaz. So, uh, so without any further ado, let's get into what uh, Gary had uh, started telling us about it. Uh, one of the first things he mentioned is that he was inspired by the F-3 indoor uh, aerobatic planes, I guess you call them, or 3D I don't think technically 3D planes, but if you've ever seen an F-3P plane indoor, it's 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 magical. 
it's like the thing just disavows any sense of gravity and they just fly really slow no matter if they're going up or down sideways it's just it's just mesmerizing watching these things fly they're filled with hydrogen right yeah hydrogen with a little bit of helium (laughs) for flavor so he thought well can i design something like that that's a little bit more durable but still ultra lightweight that can fly outside and be a really slow fly indoor plane and he just basically started as a personal project just for his own uh, entertainment with something he was trying to keep it down to around eight ounces a square foot wing loading and he ended up building one and it worked so well that he convinced uh, at the time Hobbyco to produce it and and that became the slow ride so I thought it was funny he mentioned actually uh, I mentioned in the original podcast that the production version the production ARF was probably going to be a little bit heavier than his airplanes just because uh, but he said the production ones are actually lighter than his yeah yeah he said he was he was just as surprised as we were and, uh, he said uh, he was giving good points to the production team that they was able to produce them lighter than he was <laughs> he said i think he said he was slightly embarrassed that they were able to get it lighter than him. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So, um, and I thought it was also interesting that he said it uses um, cheap digital servos, so small and lightweight, uh, $20 Tactics. Yeah, he just said he designed around the Tactic 25s, which he said they were had a lot of power for their size, but were very lightweight. I think he said they were 25 grams. Yeah, 25 grams. So they're very light digital. Uh, I think they were digitals. I know we asked them. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what he said, he said, you can't put other servos that we asked him about. Uh, what if you don't want to put those particular servos in? He said, yeah, there's plenty of meat in the servo mounting tray to put you, any other servo you want in there for the most part. But uh, he designed it specifically for the 25s to, to fit right in like a glove uh, because they're lightweight. And one of the things he kept uh, in, in emphasizing when we talked to him about this was he wanted it very lightweight. He wanted to shed as much weight as possible. The landing gear was slightly undersized because he wanted to keep it light. The servos were selected because he wanted to keep it light. Uh, the, the, the fuselage is long and skinny because he wanted to keep it light, and he needed to make it a little bit longer for to, to, to have control at slow speeds. Uh, the only thing that, even the motor, to a certain extent, he started with a Rimfire 25 because it was a nice lightweight fairly powerful motor but he said uh the wind wasn't quite correct he wanted a a a a lower kv and so that was it evolved into the rimfire 28 which ended up being a couple ounces heavier but he said that was good because he had added weight to the nose to balance it so it was a perfect combination wait i think you got that slightly skewed he originally started out with that tower motor, well, the 1,000 kV. Yes, yes. And he right. had nose weight with that. I thought the 25 and 28 rim fires were the same weight, just different uh, No, according to his... Um... Eh, I, think right. I think you're right. I think you're right. I misread what he said. Yes. Yeah, he started with the same motor that's uh, that was in the uh, Crazy Wing. Right. Uh, but he said on the large prop sizes that he wanted to use, it was really pushing that motor to the limit. And it was a little bit underweight. So when he went to the Rimfire 25, I believe that was a couple ounces more and the right weight, but the KV was a little too high for his liking. So they designed Rimfire 28, uh, which now swings nice large props on 3 and 4S. It has the weight, so you don't have to add weight to the balance. And uh, he really likes performance on that. And he says it gets really good run time. I think he said 6 to 8 minutes. Yeah, 6 to 8 minutes on 2200 milliamp battery pack. 
And did he say he's running a 13.4? He said he uh, they recommend a 13.4 on 4S. Okay. Uh, he's pushed it to a 13.6 on 4S, but he, he says you got to be really careful if you do that on throttle usage. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't really recommend it, but he said you can do that if you're if you're easy if you don't use a motor as on off switch right uh am i missing anything uh he, he touched on a few other things that i thought was interesting uh we we we, we, we kind of made fun of that he the control surfaces were so large and tail why not just make them full flying and he actually touched on that he says the full flying would have been nice but they would weigh more to make a pivot assemblies for that so he was very conscious of weight. Because that's why he didn't do full flying tail. Uh, speaking of tail, we also made fun of it. It looked like his E3D tail. And he said, <laughs> he actually, he, he said that uh, he likes that style, but he also said that um, because of the construction, he could use a little bit less uh, area on the tail, and that meant less weight. <laughs> you see a common theme here. All right. And uh, he touched on landing gear. I think I touched on that already. He says you can use larger battery packs if you want. I think he says he's gone up to 4,000 milliamp hour battery packs. Uh, but he didn't really like the flight performance like that. Um, you can. It's okay. When he says he didn't like it, he's probably 80% of other people think it's just fine. But for him, he's, he said it was a little on the heavy side. He didn't like the extra. Let me guess. What he didn't? What didn't he like? Wade. The Wade, yes. <laughs> he's very precisely calibrated. Uh, you guys uh, recall anything else we talked much about during that time? Uh, climbing flat spins. Oh, yeah, that's right. It can do a climbing flat spin. He says if you mix in some uh, flapperons, you can actually make it climb in a flat spin if you do it just right. He said even he couldn't do it all the time, but he, he got to where he could do it a, a majority of the time. And I've never heard of that. And he's got it on video. So it's, Yeah, we'll have to include a link to that. Yeah. That's, that's just amazing. So, I think we've covered it all. All right. Uh, last but not least, Gary has now moved from Hobbyco. He's now a product developer at Horizon. So uh, that was really nice. Sounds like a really great move for him. Hopefully he can come up with some other great stuff working for Horizon and his product development team. It'll be interesting to see what else he can come up with. It'll be light. It will be, it'll be light. Okay, well, on that note, let's take a light break. <laughs> so uh, last weekend, JSC had their Warbird event, and I had been uh, two years ago. Had a really good time back then and got to fly a lot. And uh, I was expecting to hang out with Fitz, <laughs> but it, I, I saw him there. He saved me a parking space and he was gone. Oh, man, he's still going to bug me about that. <laughs> he, he, he left me hanging there. In your defense, you did take a couple of pictures and put them on the Facebook page. You know, but that was to, it. <laughs> to make it appear as if you were still there. Exactly. Hey man. He, he left his. He made an alibi. Yeah, <laughs> hey, places to go, things to see, people to, to do. No, wait. Yeah. Places to wait. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. You know what I mean. So I, I will finish my story. Fitz will tell you what he did because it sounds pretty interesting. He's got a neat video on his hobby view page. 
Uh, it was a great event. The weather was gorgeous. Uh, if you guys are listening to this and you followed us on Facebook, I put a lot of videos out there. Uh, some really nice airplanes. A lot of great pilots. A lot of good friends. The Texas uh, Texas Thunder. Oh, Warbird Thunder. Thank you, Warbird Thunder. You better Texas get it right. You're not remember. I know. I'm an honorary member. That's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, the guys from Austin came out and put on a great show. Uh, poor Randy. I, I, I really wanted to come see his new P-51, his uh, Lone Ranger one. And I got pictures of it, you know, him setting it up. I got pictures of it taking off. I got pictures of it flying. But, boy, he had a an engine seize like I'd never seen. It was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, roll of I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it was, it, that, that, that thing just stopped. And, uh, God, he was so close. I know that you weren't there, Fitz, were you? No. He was landing? No, I didn't no, see that. He was so close to the runway, and he just clipped the top of the weeds out there in the field, and it uh, nosed over. It did some minor damage. It's it's repairable. The engine is not. And what was interesting is that he showed photos of the choke plate on his engine. I don't remember what brand it was, but the choke plate broke in half, and pieces and, and screws, I guess, flew into the uh, crankcase, and it just quit. Ouch. I mean, it, it, he says it's gone. It, the engine's totaled. Uh, so that's very unfortunate. Uh I got a couple other neat little crashes, <laughs> too. It's exciting. <laughs> but, no, we, we had a great time. I flew my Tiger Cat, had a good time. Flew the Corsair. Uh, I flew everything but one plane, which was the little P-51, the Tower Hobbies P-51. Uh, the P-38s did great. Uh, Kevin uh, has a P-38, just like mine. They're both Raiden Techs. He's got the 90-inch one. I've got the, the shorter one. It was like 48, maybe. And he had a... Uh, Kevin's one of the uh, guys I just know out there. What is Kevin's last name? Sorry, Peavy? Kevin. I just know you by your first Peavy, name. I Peavy? Think. Yeah, Kevin Peavy. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Local flyer. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he's, he also has the Zero. I don't know if you saw some of the photos of the Zero with the bomb drop and the really close to the runway. Yeah. Oh, that's a great shot. Yeah, really because nice. as it's falling off the rail, the powder's coming out. It looks like a puff of smoke. Yeah. So he was flying that. The low passes were by Paul Bingham. Because uh, Paul didn't bring any planes, so Kevin let him fly a zero. The zero's neat. I mean, that's it's always a fun one. It's it's, it's like a your old go-to, I guess. So Paul, like Kevin had. So Paul was trying to break Kevin's zero. Then. <laughs> well, I have a really cool picture from Warbirds two years ago, JSC, where where Paul actually, I think it was his Spitfire. Uh, it may have been a P40. I I don't remember, but I have him actually touching his blades on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, his, I mean, you can see it just turning up a little dirt right there. That's his, That's his. I won't say his trademark, but that's his, uh, uh, the last thing, <laughs> Mark, you see. <laughs> what would be funny is one day when he's not looking, put a slightly larger prop on his plane. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Add some flint to the tip, right? Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, well, yeah, he flew the heck out of that thing. So uh, that was neat. Uh, Kevin, unfortunately, had an engine loss on his P-38. So he, uh, that was that one photo. I don't know if you got to see the little collection of photos of him going down. It's not too bad. He's, he's had worse on that plane. So again, a lot of this, the damage that's been done is repairable, except for our poor buddy, Mike Label. I don't know the P-51 that he had. Do you know which kid it is? Fitz? Uh, I don't know. He actually bought it used at a swap meet. I think at our swap meet uh, a couple months ago. He hasn't had it for very long at all. Yeah, and I think we've all had that kit. We've talked about it in the past about what our un, you know our worst kits have ever been and how we felt. And you know, I've had a plane that I just did not like it crash, and I just moved on. I mean, not didn't even think about it for a second. But that's how I felt when I talked to Mike. He lost his P fifty one way out there. It was it was way out in the field. 
And he was like, yeah, I've had three flights on it, and I lost it. And he just, <laughs> you know, see you later. <laughs> and he was like, I'll go get it eventually. I'll go get it when everybody leaves. It's no big deal. Yeah, like, set out in the field all day. It did. Because when, when I came back and I heard that he had crashed it, I was like, oh, yeah, where is it? Oh, I was out in the field. He's not going to go get it? <laughs> I'll get it later. <laughs> no no love for that P-51. Buzzard circling <laughs> Yeah, really. But, uh, anyway, enough about that. Some really good stuff. I hope you guys got to see the, the video and the stills I, I took. Um, and oh, yeah. it's always a great event, and I would love to be in Austin this weekend. They're having their Warbird event, and Mike's there. He's been posting photos. He left, I guess, this morning. Wow. He had his B-24. He took a picture of his B-24 in the back of his his little hatchback, whatever. Mm. So there's there's guys already flying out in Austin, so I hope those guys are having a really good time. Yeah. I'd love to be there. I've got I got family things to do, so... <laughs> Can't make it. And and just a final note, this what I really wanted to do this weekend, if you guys would give me a second here. Um, I'm a big P-38 fan. I've been extremely disappointed on several events or full-scale events I've been to, uh, air shows where P-38s were somewhat, they're missing from the show. And I was a little, little peeved that Oshkosh did not have one. But currently at Chino, for the Planes of Fame event going on right now, there are four P-38s on the tarmac. With another one expecting, I think Glacier Girls on its way, and I can't tell you how, how stressed I was thinking could I possibly put a last minute ticket together to fly out there and do it, and then Austin wanted to go, and then I started looking at the prices and I'm like, I'll just have to admire from afar, just hope some people there have some good video, but gosh, five P thirty eight Lightnings would be amazing. And uh, Fitz, who was the name of the gentleman we interviewed at Lone Star Flight Museum? Oh, that was uh, Stuart he, Bailey. He was the former, uh, not curator. Curator, yeah, right? he's a curator. Yeah. Yes, at uh, something green. What's the name of the uh, museum out there? Evergreen. Ever, yeah, the Evergreen Museum. When they had a P thirty eight, and they said it was one of the best uh, rebuilt P thirty eights out there. It was a static model, hmm. but it actually flies, and it's there. Wow. So that thing hadn't flown in, in a long, long time. But when it was sold, the guy had it flight worthy, and it's actually at the event right now. And it's made up as Marge, Richard Bong's P-38. Oh, cool. So I'm looking for And by the way, I will be sharing pics quite often on our Facebook page when I get some guys out there posting links. Um, Are there any live feeds? No. Uh, but anyway, I, I digress. Uh, that's just something if you guys stay tuned, look up uh, Planes of Fame on Facebook and uh, enjoy the show. That's just going to be amazing, and I wish I was there. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. And Wally was saying, what are, you, what are you doing? That's once in a lifetime. Get your butt out there. Yeah. <laughs> My wallet was saying, uh, yeah, right? You going to sell a kidney? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's what uh, Warbird was great. Fitz, uh, tell them what you were doing. You you did come back, and, and guys, Fitz did come back eventually. He did emcee uh, the, the event and, you know, do the giveaways. That was fun, and you, you did have some entertaining dialogue to share during the event. But <laughs> but you were MIA for quite some time. Yeah, I had to, I had to leave. I was double booked. Um, I, I, although you didn't mention, I flew the uh, flag drone in the, be in the very beginning opening ceremonies. That was kind of yes, fun. Yes, I did. I did get a picture of that. Yeah, that was kind of neat. Uh, but yeah, because my other hobby is plastic models, there was an annual big plastic model event across town, and I always like to go to that one as well because it's it's a lot of a 
local guys that I know, and I, it's close, and I also was looking for a few different kits I wanted to see if I could pick up. So I figured, okay, well, I'll help set up in the morning at the for the RC field, and then head out there for a couple of hours, take some pictures so I can uh, make another YouTube video, and then come back and around lunchtime. Uh, so this was a, this is a scale competition for plastic models where people build models and get judged on them. And there's also a lot of vendors there selling stuff. And and despite uh, uh, Lee's chagrin, it turned out to be a good thing I went because I ended up finding a model kit that I had been really wanting for some time. It's hard to find, and somebody had one for a good price. And so I'm a really happy puppy. Yeah, and what is it? It is the. Buck Rogers Starfighter from the old Buck Rogers show back in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Not, not the Buck Rogers space shuttle. <laughs> no, his little Starfighter. Yeah, Starfighter. The big yeah. one. I've always loved that one. And I finally found one that I can uh, put together. So that's been on my wish list for years. And, so how old is that kit? Um, well, this one is a, uh, this is not the plastic model one that's like for insane prices on eBay. Uh, this is basically the same size, but it's a resin kit. Uh, which actually has better detail than the plastic model one. So I don't know when it was made. It's probably a few years ago. Uh, it's a more recent thing than the... Because uh, I've been debating between that and a plastic model kit. and um, But I didn't want to pay the short prices they wanted for it. Uh, but I do have a plastic model of the bad guy, the Marauder, which is the... I forgot what those people were called in the show. But So now I have the good guy and the bad guy, and I can put them together and have them fight or something. So you put this together? Yeah, it's a plastic. You don't just. It's a model okay. kit. You gotta glue it and paint it. And... Well, I mean, I didn't know if you were if you got it just to look at on the shelf in the box, or if you're actually gonna assemble it. And... Oh no, I assemble it. Um, okay. I I all the models I get, ninety nine point nine percent of them I plan on building at some point. I don't. I'm not a collector, so to speak. You better start taking better care of yourself. <laughs> what do you say that? The amount of models you already have on your shelf, you're gonna have to live to be a thousand <laughs> to finish those. <laughs> well, I can hope. <laughs> hey, I got plenty to do in retirement. Well, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna like judge people how well they're gonna live, how long they will live based on the number of models they have, I think Richard's gonna li outlive all of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's gonna outlive uh, my kids. Uh, 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 hey, hey, uh, Fitz, just for fun, I did see that someone has a flying Buck Rogers Starfire foamy. Oh, do they? Yeah, I always thought that would actually probably make a pretty good RC model. To look yeah, it it's up. pretty. It's pretty cool looking. I I like it. It's 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 a profile type thing, but it's neat. Yeah, I can see myself making one of those. I have some lonely uh, night in the workshop with some Depron. Well, now you have a reference model. Yeah, I got a perfect reference model. It'd be actually really neat. The only problem is it's got these vertical fins that stick straight down, so that would be kind of goofy. Um, well, you'll just have to land upside down. Oh, there you go. Problem solved. <laughs> At the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I did make it back to the to the JSC in the afternoon, and uh, I saw some really nice flying. It was great uh, formation work, and uh, it was real fun to be there. Like like Lee said, the weather was perfect. Couldn't have asked for a better day. Uh, considering the last several years we've had it, we've always had a passing rainstorm, or we had a giant rainstorm like a day before. Uh, causing us a lot, much chagrin and cleanup and pumping and stuff. So uh, uh, I, I want to just thank, as a member of the club, I want to thank everybody who came out. 
Uh, it was great to have seen you guys again, both new faces and old faces. We really appreciate it. Uh, it takes us a lot, a lot of work to organize this because being on government property, it's not easy getting visitors into the center. So it takes a lot of coordination with security and uh, also other people, uh, administrative people in the, within the space center to get this running. So it's no, it's not like just a normal club where you say, yeah, just come, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes and a, a lot of work went on with both the club members volunteering and helping out and, uh, uh, and paperwork. So again, thanks everybody for coming out. We really appreciate it. And we really hope you had a great time and hopefully we'll do it again. I'm sure we sure we will do it again, actually. Now leading up to the event, there were more than 60 pilots pre-registered that many show up? No, we, I think we had somewhere around 40 show up that were actually okay. registered. So, well, thanks, that's still plenty. Thanks a lot to the Texas Warbird Thunder team. You know, those guys, they, they know how to communicate. And Randy Larson does a great job of you know, herding them all together and, and, and making them excited. And, you know, yeah. those guys were for making it so much fun. Yeah, they always put on a good show, and it's always entertaining for people. To, I, I had I knew somebody actually I work with, who I had no idea was going to come up. He came up with his family, and uh, he was really entertained watching you guys flying around. So, yeah, kudos to the Texas Warbird Thunder guys. Uh, we'll, we'll see you in the air. So let me ask you guys a question. Have you ever seen anybody just totally lose their cool out at the flying field? Yes, actually, uh, I have. Yeah. Years ago, yeah. Oh, really? Not often? Just... No. Infrequently? Infrequently. Okay, well, that's good. Because you know, for me, it's... Um, the flying field's a happy place, so I think I tend to overlook the things that would normally bug me. But that being the case, I do have a couple of pet peeves that tend to get under my skin for no good reason at all. So I thought maybe we could talk about that. I'm sure you guys have some, too. Uh, wait, how, right. much, how much more time do we have? <laughs> this is this the end of the show? <laughs> we can go over into the next episode, too. That's fine. <laughs> Once we get Lee started, he won't stop. What, what is that from uh, Family Guy? What grinds my gears? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, so you want to hear my first one, and you can laugh at me because it's so petty and insignificant? Yeah, sure. Hey, Fitz, Fitz, do you have a laugh track we can add to this? When he says <laughs> like something from MASH? <laughs> we need the uh, um, the Seinfeld uh, oh, the little musical cue they had. No, 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 <laughs> no! An actual laugh track. Where did you get that from? I'm that and the laugh track. Go. <laughs> okay, okay, go great. ahead. Yes, go ahead, Darian. laugh track. Okay. All right. The thing that gets me going is inverted insignia. Somebody builds a nice model, paints it up nice, puts in details. <laughs> Then puts the insignia on upside oh, down. Oh, man. Grumpy McGrumpy face. I know. It ruins the whole thing for me. <laughs> I never say anything about it, but I'm like, oh, the, the airplane's ruined. It, it's garbage now. How, how can they bring that out into public? So I guess the question is, how many more do you have to see until you walk up to some guy and then turn the plane over on the table and say, there you go? <laughs> I just put a blanket over it. It's fine. So, have you ever uh, have you ever confronted somebody you didn't know about that? No, I never would either. That's not well, my I business. Don't, I don't know. You get to that point someday. It might. So you call us when you actually get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> like three or four models show up. They're all inverted. <laughs> Having a bad day, and yeah, it could happen. But your video's upside I'll probably down. Get punched in the face. Yeah. Your video's your, your yeah. signal is upside down. Dim wit. 
Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Fitz, when put, somebody puts a Japanese insignia on upside down? Uh, you can't. Oh, that's right. It's a circle. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Your circle's on upside down. Uh, uh, I think he, <laughs> he meant stars and bars, but okay, I got that. Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about, stars and bars. <laughs> I might so, notice it, but I don't. It's like, yeah, whatever. But, you know, I, I'm going to tack on to this. This is good. Because, see, I know what the, the, the minimal... Uh, amount of change that re- requires Terry to say something, and then I know that the inverted decal is probably something he wouldn't approach. But I, Terry called me up one time when I had put my model out on display, and the first thing he said, I'm not kidding you, Terry, the first thing he said was, your your wingtip star and bar is on the wrong wing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That, that bothers you, too, when it's not in the right place. No, I wouldn't say that bothers me, but it's something I notice. And Or if they put put it on both sides of the wing. See, I'm not really a purist about most things, so I don't know why that bugs me so much. That's interesting. But it's to me, it's like, okay, if you spent 30 seconds on Google looking that up, you would know which way it went. But no, couldn't be bothered to do that. So I'm, there's probably people now who are going to do it just to irk me. Well, you know what, Terry, this is this is interesting. We didn't we didn't talk about this beforehand, so these little bit peeves. But I want to tell you something that came up yesterday. David Hart had posted some photos of Wally's. Uh, not Bearcat, his uh, Wildcat. Was it his Wildcat? No, he's the Bearcat. No, I think Barry's got the Wildcat. Um, But someone, David posted the photos, I tagged Wally in it, and we all say, hey, these are great photos. And then some guy chimed in and said, the gear's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding you. He goes, the gear's wrong. And Wally goes, well, I can't afford to do the blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, if you're going to do a scale model at Top Gun, you need to have articulating gear, blah, blah. And people were like going, geez, I mean, come on, guy. You know, he's not going to... Until now, I, I keep my petty opinions to myself. I wouldn't go online and give somebody a hard time. And by all accounts, Wally's Bearcat is a gorgeous model. So, yeah, but obviously his gears wrong. And then and, Wa- looks great, so. and Wally <laughs> chimed in and said, "You know, I said you. He goes, if you make the articulating gear, I'll put it on there. But he goes, I've asked yeah. around, and I couldn't get it. So, anyway, I just uh... <laughs> so very interesting, Terry. Yeah, so." Again, I, I completely admit that it's petty and insensitive, but man, when it could be the most gorgeous model in every other respect. But if that insignia is on upside down, forget it. It's it's dead to me. <laughs> I almost feel like if I'm with Terry again someday, like we're, if we if we end up going to meet, that if I ever see a plane with an inverted signet, I'd actually like get in front of Terry so he wouldn't have to look <laughs> yeah, at it. Don't go. Over hey, there. hey, Terry, let's let's. Uh, hey, I see something way over there. Come with me, <laughs> just to, just to help you out. That's what friends do. <laughs> All right, so now I I confessed my pettiness. What's yours? Who are you referring to? E- either one. All right, I guess the I'll bravest go. Bravest of you should step up first. All right, I guess I'll go. I don't have a whole lot either. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty easygoing. Uh, I guess one thing I would kind of bug me is when pilots don't fly the established pattern. It kind of bugs me. All right, Grandpa. <laughs> no, I'm I'm with Fitz. Yeah, I'm with oh, Fitz. Oh, yeah, I am too. So, you have some guys that just don't feel comfortable flying in it. Say the wind is out of an unusual direction. They got to fly, like, say, the reverse pattern for the day. And right. so they'll take off into the wind and then immediately reverse their pattern. And so they're not right. flying in a subspread. Or when somebody else is flying, they're still flying in a reverse pattern. It's like, you know, pay attention. <laughs> right. Well, I think the bigger picture is just communicate and let people know what's going on. Yeah. 
So if you're going to go in reverse, just get off where you're not going to be in everybody's way. Um, but, you know, when it's two or three airplanes up there, it's, I think in most situations you can just say, here's what's going on, here's what I want to do, do you mind? Yeah. But, yeah, I, I agree. If you're just going to take off and then go against the green, you're not helping anybody. Mm. not making any friends. No, well, then, you, know, you lose a plane that way, too. Or probably two planes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess I, had, I kind of had another one maybe more personal. Is Since uh, I do video work a lot of times out in the field, and two things that kind of bug me sometimes when it'll be nice and quiet. I say, okay, let me start uh, doing some video work or maybe talking. You know, I fly mostly electrics. And then some guy will just start up his plane, and suddenly you got <laughs> in the background. He's like, can you see the, the, the camera? I'm talking to the camera, and this guy just, you know, hello, McFly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God forbid they come to the flying field that they're a member of and start flying. <laughs> I know, jerks. I know, but it's at least a little courtesy. It's not like we have a really busy flying field. Usually people wait until somebody lands to fly, so it's not like it's packed or anything. You, you need to bring a you need to bring a sign on a on a tripod that says "on air." Right, quiet, <laughs> please. Quiet on the set. Yeah, <laughs> we had, we had one time. Uh, uh, I was out the field and Jeff and I were setting up, and I was just about to you know to start. Getting ready to, I was getting ready to start talking. We were setting the camera. I was getting the plane ready. And there was just one guy who just kept talking at us and talking at us and talking at us. It's like, we finally had to tell him, I'm sorry, we're about to do something. <laughs> Can you please, you know, very nicely, just be quiet for a second. <laughs> <laughs> that, that happened to me at Bomber last year. These two guys started talking to me while I was re- recording a plane. They were, like, asking me questions. like, I'm recording. People don't want to hear you talk. <laughs> It's like trying to find a polite way to tell somebody to shut the hell up for a second. Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> yeah. guilty of that, of talking to somebody while they're recording. And well, then I realize, I'm like, oh, sorry. Yeah, I can understand accidentally, but it's obvious that we were setting up, we were setting up microphones in the camera and I'm trying to get ready. And there, you know, this guy's blabbing, 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 like totally oblivious. <laughs> uh, so I think that's it for me, other than, you know, people who wear GoPros on their hat. I think I'm good. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> yeah, I knew. And it's funny because I mentioned that, I think, when I told you all about the DC-3. I, I had that. It, it actually turned out pretty good, but I knew Fitz. I just, in the back of my mind, I was like, Fitz is going to hate <laughs> well, at least you... It's easy to say for someone who has a personal cameraman. <laughs> well, at least when Lee was flying, he actually flew close to him. And, you know, I think he gave himself a haircut in one of the passes. <laughs> <laughs> that was for you, Fitz. Yeah, thank you. Well, are you complaining about the aesthetics of a camera on your hat or the resulting footage? The resulting footage. Oh, okay. No, no. Well, I can tell you, I, I used to be of that opinion, but now that I've got my new GoPro that can record at higher resolutions, yeah. I've been putting that on my hat, recording at 2.7, and I can crop that sucker down pretty close. Oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah, I still have to fly close. You know, I can only get the flybys, yeah. but um, yeah, I can, I can get yeah. in there nice and tight. Oh, okay. I'm talking about the guys, and you know who you are, who put a GoPro in their hat, they take off, and we're looking at a pixel for the next five minutes. Right. Or the same thing with cell phone videos. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a pixel, and they go, hey, did you see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we see video. Oh, video of crash. Oh, yeah, I got a crash hey, video. <laughs> yeah, watch this roll. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> like, uh-huh. And it's it, funny, because today, today, Wally... Set, he's at Top Gun. Wally sent me a video uh, through text 
So when I got it, it was just completely grainy. It was like 40 by 20 pixels or something. <laughs> it, was just, it was just grainy. And all I saw this little, I heard this fly by. And at the very end of the video, it goes, oh, what a beautiful P38. And I started laughing. And I texted him and said, I had no idea you were, what you were recording until you said, what a pretty B38. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't text videos, guys. You just can't see anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got one more public service announcement. Please turn your phone sideways when you take video. Thank you. Okay. Okay, I'm done. Lee, what grinds your gears? Everything else. <laughs> People. 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 Things. In fact, it's great because someone posted, someone had a shirt on yesterday. Someone I follow on the, she's a news person, and she's wearing a shirt that says, it's too people outside. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, the well, you know, I had a Terry's known this pet peeve. I had a guy at SCOBY many, many years ago. Seemed to be like I am the master of of all flying, and I know everything. And and he was bossing people around. And at one point, he was giving me grief about my glow engine. This was again years ago. And you know, tell me exactly what I needed to do and get that thing out of the sky. You can't fly like that. He was just so bossy. And then his the this was the same guy, Terry. If you remember, he was. Uh, walking down the, the sidewalk and stepped on this guy's transmitter antenna. Oh. And he, and he got mad at the guy. I mean, he stood there and got mad at the guy for leaving his transmitter on the ground while the guy was working on his plane. You know, why'd you leave your transmitter? Like, anybody could step on that. And he broke the guy's antenna. Didn't apologize at all. Just yelled at the guy for leaving his transmitter on the ground while he was working on it. So I don't like oh. people that seem to take charge and think they know it all. So those are, those are just, you don't need to do that. As Terry said, Flying fields are happy places, so try to try to be cordial. Cordial. Um, the other pet peeve I have is in. <laughs> this is great because uh, Good Yancey said, "Lee, just think when you go gas, you can fly longer than five minutes." <laughs> <laughs> and I just laugh because one of my pet peeves is people that fly longer than five minutes. <laughs> I mean, if if you're at the field by yourself, it's not an event. You obviously, I don't care how long you fly. You fly until your tank's empty, and then just glide all the way home. But at an event, when people fly 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I'm not kidding you, they do, it's, it's just too long. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm used to the five-minute because of probably battery, and I like to, you know, leave enough juice in there. But I think there's, uh, there, when there you have 60-plus pilots, you you got to give more time to the air. So that's all. And I wasn't mad at him at all for that saying that, but I have been to a field where people are flying full throttle, you know, 10 minutes, you know, and no one wants to fly in their pattern when they're doing that, so. So, uh, do you, you're saying it's kind of inconsiderate to do that well, if there's people waiting? Well, yeah. If it's an event and you're flying 10 minutes, and well, and I'm going to specifically point gassers because I don't think I know anybody in electrics. It's, you know, if you're flying a glider or something, that's totally different. But if you're in the pattern flying a big gasser and you're just, I, I don't know, I uh, that bothers me. So, even <clears> if there's <throat> pilot boxes open? Well, no, no. I mean, if, if no one else is waiting, I mean, if it's if it's quiet, but if there's a line or something, then yeah, I I, I don't think okay, that's yeah. And I think we mentioned some this events that. actually have a limit, or at least a request to limit flights. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, sorry, uh, I was thinking about warbirds. Fitz, you weren't there, but I was flying my P thirty eight, and I had a spotter with me, and I knew I was about at the five minute mark. And I had declared landing, and I'm coming around, and I'm, I'm. This is the P38 that's got two separate batteries, 
and I, I I like to make sure I got enough power. I just do not want a single land of P38, single engine land of P38. And I was calling for landing. I called for landing one more time, and then uh, someone pulled out a plane right in the middle of the runway when I was on final. <laughs> And I started screaming. I mean, I was like, guys, I'm landing how many times? I, mean, I was really being loud. I was really being obnoxious. But I was committed, okay? So I did I did come around. I did fly. They, they taxied away. But I, Paul, Paul Bingham came up to me and goes, Lee, um, I, I think you were kind of loud there. I think we're going to call you Mr. Landy. <laughs> I think we all heard that you were landing. <laughs> and I was like, well, dude, I, I was landing. What else do I have to say? Someone just taxied right out in the middle of the runway. He goes, I know, I know, but we all heard you. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm not trying to be picky, but if someone calls landing, then you need to not go out on the runway. So, <laughs> PSA. At least you weren't in the plane. I actually happened to be once when I was in a glider. I'm coming in the land. Yeah, of course, you're in a glider, so you're committed, right? So I'm coming around, and I see the tow plane also coming around, basically doing the uh, on the other side of the field coming in. And so I'm screaming into the radio that I'm landing. And apparently, I don't know if he didn't hear me or the radio wasn't working or something. And so he's he's, he's continuing his approach. I was like, oh, crap, this is going to be interesting. From the other direction? Well, no, we're both landing into the wind, but I'm on one side of the runway. He's on the other side going on our okay. uh, our, our downwind. Oh. So I would take a turn to right to go into final. He would turn to left to go into final. So it's kind of the perfect opportunity for us to um, uh, kiss and make up. Right. Uh, so, and... I'm thinking, oh, great, he's he's coming in, and it's gonna, this is not good. So uh, the only thing I can think of doing is, well, I'm in a glider. Let me close all the spoilers and see if I can stretch my downwind as long as I can to give him time to get in because he's not. And at the last second, he finally sees me and veers off. And I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fitz lived to see I another lived day. to see another day, yes. So. Uh, I'll tell you, if I was landing and I had lost power, if I had an LVC on that, you know, on that turnaround, yeah. if I had throttled up and had an LVC, I would have been uh, stepping on someone's airplane. <laughs> <That'd have been laughs> like, what uh, part of landing did you not understand? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good pet peeve, though. People who don't, who are not listening to other what other pilots are saying and are just kind of just doing their own thing. Or yeah, I agree. Maybe, oh, or, and, and, and or I don't think, communicate themselves. Yeah, yeah, very poor communicators. I guess you should say. Yeah, and now that I'm thinking back on, I think Paul came up to me because I'm, now I'm going to call you Lee. I'm landing Ray. <laughs> <laughs> you say, yeah, hey, as long as you're out of my way when I'm landing, sure. <laughs> I'm going to send up a flare gun next time, <laughs> <laughs> and and this time I'm going to aim it at the plane on the taxi way on the runway. <laughs> Get one of those uh, megaphones. <laughs> landing <laughs> left or right i'm landing damn it uh, well <laughs> it, you know like during the uh the gaggle the warbird gaggle at best you know we're landing all the you know it's just a free-for-all there's there's no you don't call landing you just hope you're landing <laughs> so that's a little different <laughs> it's more of an invasion <laughs> exactly and i am surprised i mean i've i have witnessed some close calls on several both at bomber and at best and man, I've yet to see. I'm, I'm saying this now. I apologize if I'm jinxing myself or anybody else. I've yet to see a, a, a crash on landing, or are you know, a, a collision rather? Hmm. That's good. There was a really close one at Bomber. I got it on video. It's the last part of the video from last year at Bomber. These two large-scale P51s. They were both pretty much landing at the same time. One landed, and the other guy was actually coming in at an angle. So he should have been staying over the grass, but he ended up coming over the runway. I mean, he just. Lifted right up above the other P fifty one the last second. Wow! So yeah, I got. But that's a go ahead. 
I just remind of another one. I have a go back. <laughs> oh, the guy who didn't have any now. Has exactly. <laughs> Terry, are you disappointed in me? <laughs> no, no. I, I'm dying to hear what Fitz has to say. Oh, yeah, come on, Terry. I mean, We've opened the floodgate. <laughs> Guys who complain about a five mile per hour wind as being windy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and won't fly because it's too windy. And I'm here like, what wind? <laughs> well, yeah, but that's one of those that doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect I me. Fart faster it's than just, five miles an hour. <laughs> I just find it highly amusing. Well, sometimes it affects me because I want to see a neat plane fly, and they're not going to fly because it's too windy. Okay. Well, I'll tell you one thing. At, uh, at the five mile event last week, we had we had three sixty of wind. I mean, it went every direction, <laughs> and it went from slow to fast by the end of the day. So it was a. It, we did. We uh, we changed direction. Did you notice that, Fitz, when you were first there? Yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw in the video there were takeoffs from both directions, yeah. and we had some nasty. We had a nasty crosswind for a while. Oh, did you? Oh, wow. Yeah, but uh... <laughs> I mean, ultimately, it's your plane. If you want, to, if you don't feel safe flying your plane, that's fine. I just, I just think it's funny. It's more, more of amusement than annoyance. Well, and you know, you say that. I remember a guy complaining to me when I was out at the field. It was probably ten to fifteen. And I didn't want to fly, and he was, you know, basically calling me a chicken. I was like, well, I, that's about the limit I want to push, so. Was that guy Fitz? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, it was Fitz. <laughs> What's the matter, you yeller? <laughs> okay, I thought of another one, too, if we've still got time. This is cathartic. <laughs> yes. And so, my other thing, it isn't really... Uh, limited only to the flying field, but I noticed it there recently. And it's casual littering. Casual littering. So I yeah, I understand if you crash your plane you gotta pick up pieces, you're not gonna be able to get everything. And or if you get a prop strike and you fling a blade somewhere that you might not find it. But um I notice all the time people like uh, if you're gonna put Velcro on a battery or on your plane, you peel the backing off the Velcro and just toss the backing into the wind. Let it go where it may. Or you know, stick on lead weights, oh, yeah, or yeah. That me too. whatever it might be. So there, they, there's they, a lot of uh, what's that? You're saying they lack the leave no trace policy? Yeah, and I don't know. It's just so petty. Cause I've never been to a flying field that didn't have a garbage can, and there's lots of opportunities for small garbage when you're out at the field for whatever reason. And well, I'm know. I'm going to surprise you, Terry. Our field does not have a trash can, and it's on purpose. Really? Because we tell people it's not our job to maintain your trash, so put it in your car. Well, the, yeah, if you've got a policy for that and it's something that you pay attention to, then that's good. Build that culture so that people aren't just leaving their crap everywhere. But, man, I, I was at my flying field the other day, and I spent 20 minutes walking the flight line picking up cut zip ties and you know, Velcro backing and broken prop blades, all kinds man, of stuff. Man, what the slobs at your club, huh? I know. I, I don't know. I, I notice mean, all these pet peeves have come out since he's been in New York. Yeah. So I think we need. I think we need to have a little webcam out there when Terry goes to the field and see when he goes postal. <laughs> he's out there muttering, "Dang Yankees!" There is a piece of balsa right there by your foot. Pick it up. <laughs> Every field I've been to has had episodes of that. But uh, anyway, it, overall the field looks nice. But if you really get down into it, there's I don't know. Like the other thing, it's just petty. But in this case, I don't think it's petty of me to to have a problem with that. It's petty of other people not to throw their crap away. So, and if that was my field, we lease this field. If that was mine that was being leased, and I'd go out there and see garbage everywhere, I'd be like, 
Not for long, buddy. Uh, our, our other rule is uh, fill your divots. <laughs> is there is there a club trowel or something you can use? <laughs> there's a big there's a big sand pit. Yeah, you just grab your shovel, fill the hole. You're good. <laughs> so yeah, I think all of that stuff can be summarized. But don't be a jerk. Yeah should should we have a uh, after this podcast is released, like you know, give people a day or two and then do the little you know. So we had this. This topic on our podcast. We, can you give us your little pet peeves? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd love to hear what other thread. people do. I, I've probably got a habit that I do that just drives people crazy, but I don't know. Nobody's ever told me to my face. We're gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand the way you turn your head on backwards when you fly, jerk. <laughs> I hate that you put those orange cameras on your wingtip. Oh yeah. Jeez. All right, I got one last pet peeve. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that is, podcasts that look, go on too long. Oh, oh those are the worst. Those. Oh, man, I bet you people are gouging their ears out. Listen to this. Because right now they're making their list of pet peeves and they're getting ready for next week's little uh, Facebook <laughs> yeah. entry. We're going to have diatribes of pet peeves. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if any, any of us are going to be listed on that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Well, aren't you guys going to an event soon? Um, oh, yeah. There's a... Remember, Lee, there's something coming up in, uh, next week? An electric event in Bryan? Oh, you are. I'm, I can't. You're not going to gonna make it? I got this. Yeah, I can't make that. But I am... You know, we got uh, we got small to repair for, buddy. Oh. You're not going to make it? I, I was hoping you'd make it. Oh, I can't do the Bryan. Sorry. Okay. Well, the Bryan's on a... For people listening, is on a... If I hit the right button here. On a 12th of May... There's an all-electric fly-in. Uh, I've never heard of Brian or been there, but it's, I guess, near Austin. Was it Austin or um, no, not Austin? No. It's not far. That's where Texas A&M is. Okay, so um, uh, college, college station. station. Yeah, so in a college station yeah. area. So I've never been to any event there. So I, I'm going to make it a point to see if I can get out there real quick uh, and uh, see how what this what it's like. I like all-electric events. Yeah, try to support that. Anything else? You going to anything, Terry, next couple of weeks or so? Um, we've got a work day at my field tomorrow, actually. So I'll be going oh, out there and probably taking stuff to fly. Cool. I'm not aware of any organized events in the next couple mm. weeks, but I'm going to keep my eyes open on that. And uh, if there's something within a reasonable distance, All right. go there. Um, well, Lee, speaking of small steps, uh, wish me luck. I've cleaned up my workbench and building table. And I've going to try, if not today, at least tomorrow, start working on my QT. Finally, get that. For small? For small, yep. Get that in construction yeah. phase. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. I told you that the, the pieces I laser cut match up to the plans that I got from Nathan, so I'm really happy about that. Oh, that's, it. that's good. Yeah, so, awesome. So the sizes looks good. So. How's, your, how's your nitro funder and lightning, Lee? Uh, it's still in my head. But I, vaporware. <laughs> it is vaporware. Uh, but it'll it'll come out. I'm uh, I'm making more progress on the Cessna. I started covering. Oh, that's right. The uh, the Cessna. So I I'd like to get more work done. Then I'm not going to have it finished before small. So I but Just, I'd like to get it get it going. And one one thing I'd love to do is get the fuselage done because I can't work on the wing. There's some parts on the wing I can't do until the the fuselage is actually glued together. The sides are on. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, that's that. Uh, but I will get the funder landing. In fact, uh, I'm hoping to have a chat with Fitz someday soon so we can come up with a list of the aircraft we're going to bring yeah. and decide how we're going to start shipping all that in our 
our vehicles or if we're going to get a trailer. Oh, that's for another day. But hey, Fitz, I have one other request for you, though. Yes? Can, can I see some pics or video from the Warbird event last week? Please? Oh, right. Now that everybody's heard me say that. <laughs> oh, dang it, I'm on the hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd love to see some of the stuff you... you and actually, uh, Jeff, too, because he videotaped one of my aircraft, too, and I'm still waiting. He's videotaped some stuff. Uh, I took some stills. Oh, I took some video, too, I think. You did? Uh, I did, yes. Uh, I haven't gotten and, a video and, from Jeff, either, so I need to go bug him and get the video. I was just thinking about that uh, yesterday. He's like, wait, I have no video from him. So, uh, yes, I'll get on that. Thank you. If I have some stills, I'll send those to you. Uh, but I don't remember. Persitate it. All right. That's all I had. All right. Well, that concludes another glorious episode of the RC Roundtable. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening. <laughs>